0: Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday morning service. This uh, continues uh, what I'm calling the month of the mandala. So I'm going to say some things more about mandala. Um, hope you don't get tired of Meditating and thinking about mandalas, all right? <laughs> mm. And then uh, tonight we're having a full moon practice. Also a uh, lunar eclipse, right? Yeah, and the, 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 yeah. the eclipse is at 9.12, so that's about when we'll actually start the time. Yeah, so traditionally we, we'd say um, things are multiplied uh, Beneficial uh, activities multiplied during these uh, uh, planetary conjunctions. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is it one, time one 10, thousand, thousand times or ten thousand times? Yeah. So. Wha- <laughs> yeah. So okay. <laughs> you decide. <clears throat> the mandalas are uh, uh, entered, uh, you know, from the east. So. Uh, That's usually the east is the the front, so like in Kalachakra Mandala, the the east is at the bottom there. The um, it's a dark color, you know, black. So you enter from the east in all the mandalas, and um, uh, that's probably going back to ancient India, where you know you're you're starting your. Yoga, you're starting your sadhana uh, in the morning and you're facing the rising sun, right? It just makes sense. <clears throat> you can see what you're doing. You can see, if you're looking at a text, you can see the text, right? <laughs> because there's rising sun. So generally too, like in Dharma, uh, Sukhavadi, if you're going to that pure land, Amitabha, uh, you're dying and, and going, you're going west, right? Setting sun, kind of makes sense. So, particularly in dharma, we like coordinating things with um, the elements, and particularly in Kala Chakra, we do. We like harmonizing with time, harmonizing with uh, planetary um, movements and cycles, and, and bodily cycles, too. That's why I ask people to do increments of like six, six minutes and things like that. That's why Kala Chakra has 24 arms for 24 hours, like that. We're entering the mandala uh, in the east and then we're uh, walking around uh, the mandala and stopping at different gates until we go to the center. So, mandala Primarily, as I mentioned several times already this month, is you, you want to know where you're starting, <laughs> where, where, where how you're entering, and then how you find your way around until uh, you find your seat. So that's why uh, we also enact it here. Um, we just don't kind of like. Well, the Lama just totally doesn't wander in, you know. Um, kind of walk through the whole thing and then enter, right, like that. Um, And that's why uh, we do the bows or prostrations, uh, so people are emphasizing uh, we're entering the mandala and then you take your seat. That's why also like how we enter like in darshan and um, practice interview, uh, darshan means seeing. Actually, interview. It's a nice translation for darshan. Interview um, uh, is uh, we we make an offering first. Uh, it's not a payment afterwards, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we we enter uh, in dharma practice with offering too. That's why I kind of uh, prostrations are are offering. They're not. Um, uh, they're not just a uh, good exercise. <laughs> yeah. Some people may have noticed um, we've um, simplified like the mission statement on the um, homepage of the webpage. Anybody remember what's on there? I bet Rob does. He typed it in, right? <laughs> okay, I won't put you on the spot. I was going to. I was going to say, what does it say? But that's okay. You know, just you probably just like you know, like kind of patched it in, right? I don't know. But anyway, so um, I wanted to try to find a concise way um, to describe what we're doing. So I'm saying like. Uh, you know we follow the path of Buddha Dharma which includes which is a new humanism which includes both uh sacred and secular paths of transformation <laughs> so i'm I, uh, I'm redefining some terms I know new humanism humanism has a kind of literary historic reference, and uh so does uh New humanism does too, right? If you look it up in wiki, right? These scholars. But we're calling it the particular kind of self-transformation that we do in Dharma because we're not quite a religion, really. We're not really that quite a religion. We're not quite just a philosophy either. We take words all the time and use them. You know, it's like, I like this translation of the Heart Sutra, but I'm, I'm always thinking Maybe Dirk can appreciate that. I'm thinking like, should we really translate it as enlightenment? Because, you know, Bodhi, enlightenment is a, you know, term for a Western philosophic kind of political movement, you know, the enlightenment, like that. And whenever people hear enlightenment, they usually kind of get this kind of cosmic superhero kind of blast off thing. I don't know, like, well, maybe you don't. Uh, You didn't do the drugs, I did. But, so, you know, like, why shouldn't we say awakening? Sometimes it does, it is translated awakening, like that. You know, Bodhi is a version of Buddha, so. But, you know, I'm not gonna go back and change it right now. Let's just take a vote. How many people in the Heart Sutra would like like the term enlightenment? Raise your hand. And how many people like, you know, awakening? And then, then, you know, so it says here kind of like also um, mm, unsurpassable perfect. Now I don't know what's, now I can't remember. I don't remember what the Tibetan per- perfect is. Maybe it's, you know, um, maybe it's the same as complete and maybe the translator's just kind of translating the two together like perfect complete. So it'd be interesting to find out, you know, take that look at the Tibetan, too, because the Tibetan's a little different than the Sanskrit, of course, you know. But uh, then maybe we shouldn't say perfection. Maybe we should translate it as something like completion. And maybe we shouldn't call it wisdom. Maybe we should call it best knowledge or something. (laughs) Words make a difference, right? We have have a number of writers and poets and journalists in the audience. And... So we, we do mostly enter uh, the mandala, uh, you know, through through hearing and words. Baby, babies can hear before they can focus, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. And generally when, uh, I think for most, most of the cases, uh, it seems that uh, hearing's the, the last thing to go when we're going. Is that right? Yeah, you know. That's why it's nice to be around when, um, if we can, around when, you know, loved ones are passing. Or it's nice to have, you know, when we're passing, nice people around. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're not just hearing like... um, Where you know, like, where are you going out tonight? From you know, one of the LVNs or something, you know, and <laughs> like like that, you know. <laughs> we should, we have to prepare, you know. Like we might, you never know what you might be hearing, or the TV may be on, you know, and you know, in the in the hospital room, right? You know, you're going out that way, and to like The Price is Right, you know. <laughs> we could, we should, so. Um, but we, we want to be you know like if possible you, you want to also like not just physically how you enter a mandala but you know how with, with, what, with what words you enter a mandala and with what words you leave so that's why we, we do the prayers and in our tradition we always end with dedication you always would end a meditation with dedication you never say good for me I mean you say good for me <laughs> and you know I want to share this with all, you know, being sentient, non-sentient, you know, like that. Um, so that's you know, so so much the, the words and the narrative meditations, which we call prayers. Um, some tra- some traditions, you know, they, they're really big on prayer, and, and we are too, but in the sense of we're we're knowing what we're saying. Um, it's so nice to be like greeted when we walk in a place, right? So I, I, I've heard we're really good at that here. That's so, right? You know, we, we say hi. It might be harder to say goodbye to people because a lot of times people just sneak out, right? Or <laughs> isn't that true? <laughs> like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Uh, in some, some churches, uh, uh, you know, the, the pastor or something like stands outside the door and shakes hands as they go, my. Um, I don't think we do that, but sometimes, you know, we do. Uh, when Jada Rimsay comes, you know, we, we even line upside, greet going out. You know, we're outside even, right? Just waiting, <laughs> parking space. <coughs> Uh, that's why we have the kata line at at the end, you know greeting you know somebody's ever talked a teacher, and then people come up and say hello and it isn't just like okay here 's the red envelope it's it's time to not only say goodbye, hello but goodbye. thanks a lot and see you later and, um, and Zen temples uh, uh, monasteries generally people. Bow on uh, their way out, did you notice that like at valley streams and then then they also like uh, fold like the, their quesa or whatever you know on the chair or on the cushion you ever seen that <clears throat> one one time when I was first studying with Kishigatsu, um, you know, I didn't know anything as usual. And so I'd do him a big favor and I'd fold his robe for him because um, he took a lunch break or something. And then he came back and he was like, Who did this? <laughs> 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 you know, so. Sometimes Tibetan style, like it, your, your robe, you're just kind of like, like the yellow robe. you just kind of like, like that. That means you're coming back. If you fold it, that means that the teacher's gone or dead or yeah. something. <laughs> but it's, you know, and you know the Tibetan style, you just, you just walk out. You know, we don't turn around and bow like that. You know, it's just, it, it, you know, <laughs> So the um, uh, <laughs> I've done a lot of Zen practice, so sometimes the two kind of come together, and then get in trouble. <clears throat> so how we enter and how we walk around and survey. So people coming in, you know, could kind of you you could kind of like walk around, right? And that that's very traditional in the monasteries in India. Um, uh, you know, of course, sometimes the the main hall is, is closed, but um, people just come in and it's just like museum time. Mm-hmm. They just come in and take your shoes off and put down, you walk right in, you make an offering, of course, and if you're a Dharma person, you bow, but then you just walk around and look at the uh, murals, right, and uh, tankas. That's totally cool, you know, you can kind of just rubberneck and then looking up at the ceiling and you're thinking, how'd they get up there? You know, like mandalas on the ceiling, right? So, uh, you know, like uh, Ashley's here, you know, she's been to the the Shakya Center in um, uh, Seattle, right? Where'd you go? Yeah, they're on the ceiling too, right? Yeah, you know, and you're thinking the model is down there on the floor. Actually, no, it's up there. <laughs> so you walk in, and then you walk around. Just like you walk in here, you, you know, you you kind of greet people. You you kind of look around. A little bit Zen style, maybe it's the kind of martial arts style. Is you just go yeah, you know, you're just. Right? <laughs> here we, we'd kind of like, it's OK, you can walk around. You could even come up to, come up to the altar. This is kind of odd here. Uh, it's neat, that it's a little higher. makes it easier, actually, so it works. But in uh, very traditional monasteries or temples, you can walk right up to the altar. They're huge, like huge. Like the, the statues wouldn't even fit in this room right and <laughs> and you you can you know place a kata on the altar and and uh but you can just go right up to it right so it's it's okay to come like right up and you know at least this far you, you generally wouldn't you wouldn't touch the bell and <laughs> you wouldn't touch the bell and scepter and like. It's okay, but, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just do that, you know, because cause then traditionally, tantric style, you'd, you'd touch it and then you'd get electrocuted. Mm. No, just kidding, but you'd come up. yeah. yeah. So, it's okay, to, it's okay to come up and just get, get close, right? These are kind of obvious things, but a lot of times people don't do it, right? They don't know, they can, they're kind of like, it's It's not like going into a movie theater, you know, like you're not saying hi to anybody in this in the movie theater particularly right would that be weird <laughs> We should do that hi i'm I'm here to see Mary poppins and how are you um, how are you can you do you have time to talk about it afterwards you know wouldn't that be cool? We should have a movie theater like that, you know like We'll share afterwards. <laughs> I know you're always like, I, I'm not looking at that person over there. But no, it's it's okay to kind of greet the people you're sitting next to, and you know, you can look. You can so you can go up to the tankas. The tankas are, um, of course, uh, you know, painted but or appliqued. But uh, when they're blessed, the idea is the uh, energy that particular Buddha. Is, is residing there, right? So, um, uh, you know, we, you know, say hi, <laughs> like that. Um, of course, the shrine, like Tara shrine, hi. You don't really say hi. You just like, um, so you're you're greeting you're greeting the the uh, energy of the temple in the mandala, right? So. In a, in a mandala like the Kalachakra there on the wall, that's an aerial view of uh, the Kalachakra uh, mansion or palace or temple of Kalachakra. Arjum Shai, who's uh, been here several visits, actually constructed one. I think it's in Madison, Wisconsin, a uh, plexiglass kind of colored one, and they're they, you know they're huge, right? But it's it's a temple. So when we're looking at it, it's the aerial view and the four um, gates are like stairways and entranceways and things like that and different rows and different deities and you know, you'd go around and say hello to all of them. Why are there so many deities? Why not keep it simple? Well, to show that, you know, to slow us down in a way too, and it's training for real life. There's a lot of things we should be saying hello to before we settle in. So we we can, we go through the whole mandala and then we take our place. And then when we leave, we uh, we don't really, like in this tradition, um, we, we kind of leave temporarily, but we don't like totally check out. We're, we're walking out. Uh, the door, but there's a sense that the mandala, we're still in the mandala. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the secular and sacred aspects, um, I'm, I'm told, Basang Geshe, I would formalize so that we have a, a three-year um, uh, Buddha Dharma study program, you know, lineage, sacred lineage kind of like that, right? Like real traditional, or as traditional as we can make it. Meaning, uh, you know, studying primary texts and so forth, first year, the view. Still meditating, and second year, uh, you know, meditative techniques with meditation manuals. They're meditation manuals, Right? <sighs> right. <laughs> Yeah, there, there are a lot of meditation manuals. Sometimes people think it's just there are no meditation manuals. There are, so you have to read those too. So there is reading. And then um, the third year would be um, action, um, where I want people to be training in skillful means like that, not not just kind of individual skillful means of how do we help people um, in hospice, how do we help people uh, individually, but how to uh, get along in an organization, which is Vinaya. Vinaya is like monastic discipline. So um, I'm, I'm very traditional, but radical. So when <laughs> Jada Rinpoche and, and Geshe Tashi were here, I gave them them a copy of uh, the text I think we still have that Marie and I put together called The Bodhisattva Vinaya. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is no such thing. (laughs) 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 There is now, you know. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, (laughs) Geshitashi, you know, looking through, you know, just like, I'm just waiting there. I'll show you a little of my process. I'm just sitting there, because we're in Bazaar in the shrine room, and they're very formal, right? So I'm treated like, you know, I'm not just sitting, I'm sitting at a puja table and everything, and, you know, it's like... Um, uh, so... I'm waiting for... I'm thinking, he's going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to, like they're going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've screwed up now. You know, because it's, it's kind of, it's a big deal, you know. It's like, what would these be? You know, like, we have Bodhisattva vows, but what would it be like to, you know, have a Bodhisattva kind of organized thing? You know. Um, so the good news is like, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> just good. And then he puts it down. <laughs> really good. Phew! And then, <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, uh, traditionally in, in Asia, well, traditionally for, among professionals, let me put it that way, because we're training with professionals. Um, so I shouldn't say just Asia, you know, so Tibetans that I know monastic, they're not going to say, hey, great job. You are so smart. I am so glad you did this. How did you ever do it? This is fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> no, I mean the best you're going to get is like good. good. Okay. <laughs> and I go. Yes. yes okay. You know. So that was very nice. <laughs> so the third part action, you know, just how to do skillfully present the teachings, but also how to get along in an organization. Uh, which is difficult, right? So how to work on projects together, how to do workshops together, how to do these different, um, all the different teachings and groups we're doing, and just how to do that, right? It's hard, because usually we end up getting pissed or disappointed. Isn't that so? You know, like, in the monastery, you can't really leave, which is the good news. (laughs) You you know, because you want to, because you Right? You know, so you must, I do not want to work with that blah blah anymore. Okay. But you're stuck. Because if you leave, it's a real downfall, actually. Tibetan society, even now in India, you know, most people are broke, right? And, and at Sarajay, they have an incredible school, which is basically a parochial school, where you know, they're teaching English and, and math and, and science. They're really doing the whole thing plus the Dharma thing. So you get kicked out or you get kicked out of the monastery, it's like, you know, you got a scholarship to Stanford, and now, you know, you're home, and they go, well, what happened? So, you know, you really... <laughs> so you, you try to, like, get along, and, you know, that helps sometimes, you know. So you can still take vacations. From so <laughs> you, you kind of like... You kind of plead sick. I'm just... I don't know. I'm going to tell you. So, you know, you kind of like... Uh, can I go up to Mysore? I think, you know, I have this tooth abscess and I need a break. And then they kind of let you go, you know. It's true. This is insider stuff. You, even say that, you know, how you get out, you know. You just can't go. You cannot go to the abbot. Like, you cannot, do, like, I'm just a, a wuss here. You cannot go to the abbot and say, you know what, <laughs> that person was mean to me, and I want you to get rid of them, or, you know, it's like, and then do something about it. You do not do that to the abbot, ever. You're not going to go to the abbot and say, you know, this is really bad, I'm getting rid of this person, they have to up, and what are you going to do about it? <laughs> no. No, you deal with it. You deal with it. You know, you would come with a solution, perhaps right, you'd say, okay, da-da-da, da 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 And, you know, you know, so, you know, Ken Rinpoche, you know, like, Abbot's like Ken, you know, it's like, um, this regrettable incident occurred and um, I've been trying to handle it this way. This is what, you know, talking to my, Kanzan, my home temple. The home temples are mini monasteries, by the way, it's so huge, you know? And this is what we're doing. And, um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like your input on this. So you've already come up with kind of a solution. So you're not laying it on the llama's lap or the, you know, abbot's lap. You know, you've already come up with something. you already put your cards on the table. You've already stuck your neck out. So you're not saying, oh, we're going to play it safe. We don't know what we're doing. We're going to, you know, how the abbot do it. You know, so, you know, we stuck our neck out. And then... Then, then you might get just kind of screamed at, <laughs> or, <you get, laughs> or ignored, or something, or okay, do it, you know, like that. But um, you, you come up with something. So th- these are organizational things that you know how how to get along in a practice situation, uh, you know how to get along with groups, which will combine, um, you know, obviously some has to be American style communication too, but. A little, it, you know, can be, should be a little halfway, right? Here's, here's the really important part. If you, well, particularly for this, the three-year program, but even now, for even just showing up, if you are not doing the training, the yogas, the formal training, and you're not trying to practice, you won't be able to hack it. <laughs> you know, it'd be saying, saying hey, I got sneakers, and why don't I climb Shasta this weekend? It's not going to work, right? So when you get involved in a Vajrayana group and you're trying to do skillful means and organizational things, and you're not doing any shamatha practice or Mahayana practice of any kind, you're not doing any Mahamudra practice or anything, you're, you're going to get you're going to get your buttons pushed, right? And you're not going to be able to hack it. You will not be able to do it. It'd be like showing up at the emergency room or you know, or like, you know, just, and, you know, sorry, just pull somebody off the street and say, okay, here's your caseload, it's at our center of psychiatry. You wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, we, we want you to be able to do it. So, you know, even in third year, you're learning organizational things, then, of course, you're continuing to do, uh, you know, strong practice. That's easy, right? You know. The whole thing works <laughs> if you do that. So the whole thing works, actually. people, are, What's the secret? The secret is you get up early and you don't watch a lot of TV. That is the secret. It's an open secret. I'm just telling you. You get up earlier, you know, you get up early, or, you know, you do your practice in the evening, but um, you, you just can't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> no radio either. Yeah, I mean, you just, at some point, yeah, you just can't, you cannot do your whole life of distraction and shoehorn in a major, you know, bodhisattva practice, right? It's true, isn't it? People that have, you know, f- you know, finished or finishing, you know, the foundations course or are active on the board here or leading practices, like, no, you, right? You, or, or you have kids, I mean, you just can't, like... You know, or dogs, you know, anything, you can't just, so, so to do, do the practice, uh, you know, you, you do have to do the yoga training, right? It's just a duh. Or you'll get all blown away and, and pissed off, and we don't want that, so. However, uh, the secular practice, too, I've been thinking about, because we do, you know, different classes here, we did kind of mandala workshop yesterday, which I heard was really good, kind of a blend of things, right? Um, so some of the mindfulness things we do here, you know, are kind of mindfulness-based stress reduction kind of style, right? So secular Dharma would be, you know, you don't have to take refuge, you know, to do the practices. You don't have to see people as anybody special, you know. You're you're looking at mindfulness from kind of a brain side, right? You know, the, you know, you know the. It, People like Daniel Goldman or Richie Davidson, you know, they're putting things on your head and stuff like that. And vajjana, like the mind the mind for the is here, right? Heart mind. We're not doing brain stuff. Although, you know, we can, because we can we're doing both. But secular dharma is like you don't have to believe in continuity of mind, right? You could say, Well, it's really good to do. I like being clear and calmer, and then I'm gonna die and that's it. That's secular, right? It's still dharma because we're trying to do good, good things. We're trying to you know, be calm and clear. Um, but in vajrayana, traditional, just even lineage dharma, uh, there's rebirth, right? There's a continuity of mind. You know, The mind doesn't die. The growth level of mind dies, right? The brain mind dies, but your clear light mind doesn't die, right? So one time there, there was a famous uh, I don't know, famous, famous for me, uh, kind of debate between Steve, Stephen Batchelor and Bob Thurman, right? who was in Tricycle. Stephen Batchelor is like the famous kind of secular Dharma guy, which I lie, you know, there's that whole side, you know, and he's kind of like that, you know, kind of humanistic, you know, just Western Dharma guy. And he, he said, you don't need to believe and rebirth to be Buddhist, or you don't need to believe in continuity of mind. Of course, Bob Thurman, you know, yes you do. So, to do Tantra, you know, I don't see how you do classical Dharma if you think the mind ends, because that would be extinction, right? But, you know, in the West, and in Asia too, sometimes people don't know, they're just kind of doing, they're thinking well, it'll make my life a little bit better to go to temple and to meditate, so I'm gonna do it. So in a way, it's kind of secular. They don't really believe in, that, this going, that their, our karma and our mind's going to come in the next life, right? In fact, it's really hard to convince ourselves of doing that. We're thinking lots of times, well, you know, I'll die and I, I won't see those jerks again. <laughs> or I'll die and I won't end up in Sacramento again or I'll die, and <laughs> global warming sucks, but, you know, it's not my problem. Uh-huh. But if we're really doing classical lineage dharma, no, it's our problem. <laughs> you know, it's like, unless you become really, really a great Mahasiddha, you will not be able to just automatically, you know, direct your consciousness somewhere. These incredible tolkas, like, you know, Dalai Lama, Karmapa, you know, uh, they can say, uh, Tokus, you know, they can just, okay, I'm going there. I'm picking this family. That, that's not easy to do. That would be like deciding just over the course of a year, every night you're going to have just the dream you want to have. And then carrying that out during the day. Okay. So most of the time, we're just going to end up in familiar spots. Okay? So we should be thinking now, like right now, there's probably somebody in the room we don't... You know, we could kind of do without. (laughs) And chances are, (laughs) we'll see them again, right? Because you have that aversion. And, you know, so that's a karmic connection, right? If you're pissed at somebody or think they're an idiot, that's a karmic connection because you have some kind of you know, energy with them. So you should just be thinking, okay... Uh, you know, it's going to be Groundhog Day with you. you know? yeah. So that's, <laughs> it's Dharma. But, okay, secular Dharma is like, we're, you know, we can still, so we need to do both here. So I'm going to do, like, maybe just a one-year program for that so people don't have to take refuge. They can learn mindfulness-based stress reduction, you know, that kind of style of just notice things, let them go, go back to the breath. Very simple, right, which is important, you know. Uh, and we need both, right? So I've just signed on for a whole bunch of annoying things, but uh, I'm willing to do it. <laughs> you know, because it, it definitely means, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be carrying on into next lifetimes, right? You see. We have just a few minutes for complaints and questions, so but so that's the mandala, see? Your mandala. I just want to leave with mandala is you start the dharma chakra, the dharma wheel rolling, right? And it it keeps rolling. That's important. Big deal. Yes. Hi, Susan. So how does does what is already um, established uh, here fit into the programs that you're describing, the meditations that we have and the classes we have, and how does that fit in? Well, it's all got to fit in because, you know, but... It, that's a good question because what a really program is and what the Vajrayana program whether it's India or Tibet is we've got all these great practices we're going to fit them in together in in the fastest most efficient way possible because a lot of people do a lot of different practices but it, it's it's kind of jumbled up right or like I like to say it's ketchup on ice cream so the big part of what the Buddha put together is he put together a program. So of course, a lot of the things we're already doing will be, you know, like required or part of the program already, like the people done the foundation's course, which may or may not continue, right? But the, the, big, the, the, the big thing is like how they all work together and how we reflect on it, and, it, and it's put together in something that's effective. Because if it's not effective, if you can't do the action at the end, the skillful means at the end, then you just have an interesting philosophy. So it's coordinating it. I'm not gonna say everybody has to do everything, but it's also, the main part is, uh, uh, also is like when uh, the high-level teachers uh, come then they're part of the program, right? Jada Ramsha comes, she comes, Kensha Ramshay comes, um, you know, bring back or uh hopefully uh Chodron children will come, you know. So they we want to say to them like, um, yeah, we're 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 reading, you know uh, ornament for clear realizations. My tray is obviously Maya Lankara, you know, and like, oh, great, okay, we'll give a talk on that, right? So the the guest teachers aren't just kind of coming and giving interesting talks about Rinna, or or kind of this year, or you know, it's not always going to fit up, but like we've been studying Lojong, we've been doing seven, uh, you know, seven point mind training, you know, like that, so. You know, give the talk on that. This is the way it's done the monastery. You know, it's kind of progressed like that. It's, it's a big deal because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Geshe and Basan and I are going, how are we going to do this thing? You know, how are we going to get, you know, the teachers want to come, but they want it actually part of a program. They've seen, okay, <laughs> like this is just kind of, I'm in this mood today. They've seen like, I've been around long enough to see like, okay, Lama Chimpa is not one of those crazy ass Westerners that's ruining everything. And he's also not a crazy ass Tibetan who's ruining everything. You know, these are actually intelligent people here. So they want to come here, but it also has to be, you know, uh, a part of a program. It just can't be randomly. Hey, will you come here, just give a talk. No, they're very program oriented. You know, that it would, you know, usually things that have to be built, that have to be put together, have to have, you know, a coordination. So to continue to, you know, build it and attract it, and we should have a program anyway, then, then we want to have that. I shouldn't let your question be the only question, even though it's a good one, so let's see. Yes, Morris. Your words must go down in posterity. Now I can't speak at all. Uh, A a, a moment ago you spoke about uh, turning the the mandala, turning the wheel. Dharma chakra, yeah. Yeah. What action um, actually sets off that turning of the wheel? Uh, The action that sets it off is, you know, the uh, two things. A teacher appears and... uh, students or people request teachings. They it's mutually interdependent. That's how it works. It's you know, you gotta have like the two poles, you know, for the electricity to run like that. So the you know from uh, the you know highest level we say, you know, the the the, the Buddhas, the primordial Buddhas, whether you say you know, Kuntan Zampa, samat Vajra, you say chakra. you say for Vajradhara, they're just pouring out compassion, right? You know, They're not thinking, well, i got to be compassionate. But then there also has to be somebody that kind of hooks on to that energy to, to get it going. And usually, traditionally, of course, uh, it's taking refuge is the entrance to, you know, lineage dharma. So some people are interested in taking refuge have been meeting with me, so um, actually, I was going to bring that up, so after uh, uh, lunch break, you know, lunch break. Maybe uh, the people that I've talked to said, "Refugee, maybe if someone else's interest, I'll be sitting at a table in the, in the community room." You can see. Well, what does that mean, right? But that's that's how it starts. You need you need both things happening. The you know compassion and the interest coming together. So in darshan, you should always come like uh, you know, asking a question or, you know, kind of presenting a problem. <laughs> so, one time, when Chodin Ramphi came, right, one of my teachers, like, really hallowed him, was like, just always, I should have never said this, you know, was like, he goes, how's it going? You know, basically. And I go, fine. <laughs> and he goes, well, what do you need me for? <laughs> well, just like that, you know, I was like, my work here is done, you know, like, they don't need me, so you don't want to say that. You know, people are like, hey, it's great, it's great, it's great. No, you, you want to say, well, I'm, you know, just like you're presenting to the abbot how you're resolving this issue, you know, like that. I mean, that makes sense, right? <laughs> like, I know this intimately, I've made every single mistake, more than anybody else in this room, so I really know this one. One, one last question. we will take a break. Anybody? No, yeah. So you were talking about walking around the mandala and then finding your seat and I was kind of thinking in terms of the literal and the figurative. Yes. And so, um, so how do you find your seat figuratively? Well, uh, at some point, we just have to like stop. We stop the wandering, like that. Like, well, that's it. You know. So, I mean, it, it. It. We kind of. We don't always just find it just by, you know, kind of going. Well, that looks like the best place to do my practice, or that looks like, that looks like you know this wonderful Himalayan. Uh, field of flowers and I'll just sit there and look at the mountains. The seat the is where you really decide to, okay, I'm really going to do this practice now. I've, I've run out of, you know, I've, I've run out of strategies, right? And bang, you're just there. It, it could be when, you know, like, someone dies right in front of you. It could be when, you know, you're, somebody finally says, I want a divorce, you know? It's like, bang, you're just there. That's your seat. You know, I'm like, okay. You know, this... <laughs> like we, and when I was studying in uh, you know some of my classmates we had this thing we call it a Mahamudra moment <laughs> I was like okay so but it can be really serious or really kind of, your mind stops for a second it's not wandering it's not like stopped, like stasis stopped it's like you're not wandering you're just totally there and that's that's your seat but it isn't like just wandering around Wander around, kind of. Where's my seat? Where's my seat? You know, that's. Then someone's still a quester, right? Which is fine. We like questers here, right? I'm a searcher, right? That's okay. People show up and say, "I'm searching." And We go, great. But the seat is where you, you finally, you know, say, I, "I'm I'm done." Right. So there's a certain surrender to the situation. So refugees has some kind of like, "I'm I'm done." You can't argue with someone if they're just kind of, at some point, usually it's a relationship, the person goes, I'm done. You're not argu- they're not arguing anymore. And are am like, you're not nice to me, or you're not nice to me. No, you just go, you know what, I'm done. We all know that one, right? Done. It's like someone's just died. You know, you know, someone's gone limp on you, you can't roll them over then. Like, they're done, right? It's over. Yeah. So that's your seat. It's very tundra, right? It's kind of like charnel ground is that going to a cemetery is like, that's why I'm practicing. So that's why in Tantra sometimes we practice in cemeteries or around, you know, like places where there's just, there's no possibility of doing anything else. That's the seat. That makes sense, right? Yeah, cool. We need to take a break. Then we'll come back and do a sitting, right? Yeah. <coughs> wander in... Almost, yep, one minute. So, in our tradition, we we start with actual cultivation of stillness. <clears throat> the, of course, the mind is chaotic, but we're we're aiming toward uh, noticing stillness first. Mindfulness-based stress reduction, kind of secular dharma, is is kind of like therapy, psychotherapy. Where psychotherapy, you know, notices what is changing, right? It's process. Because generally, psychotherapy means, well, we've this, this person is a little bit in crisis, so we have to uh, turn into the skid somewhat, right? So psychotherapy pretty much is like going back to Freud would say, just you know, just start talking. Let's see what comes up, right? Okay because it's process. You know, people are generally in flight mode, right? In trauma, the first thing is flight mode, so it's process. We're assuming by the time we're actually doing a formal starting meditation that uh, you're you're able to not just notice change, uh, but notice stillness. So, of course... Uh, I modified sometimes shamatha a little bit in the West saying, okay, well, we can pay attention to the breath rhythm. Maybe you can't pay attention to a non-moving object in your altar because you're not religious or Dharma person or you can't visualize Buddha image that's not moving. Uh, so, you know, pay attention to the movement of the breath, right? Because mindfulness-based stress reduction is when you notice you're distracted, go back to the breath movement, right? It's still movement, isn't it? Yeah, it's still movement. It takes a little bit more effort to just kind of like go to stillness. But that's one reason that the paintings and the the statues, the rupas, are important because they're just really still. They've come to kind of a a stop. So when the Buddha sat in the Bodhi tree, uh, he just, I'm not getting up. Until I resolve this, see nature, mind, wake up. I'm not getting up. I know we've all done that from time to time, and then they think, well, I'm just sit here and tell them in line, and then your knees start hurting. <laughs> but, the, but the emphasis is on uh, noticing what doesn't, what doesn't move, right? Secular mind, you know, which I still like, you know, because it can be therapeutic. You know, it's like. You'll talk to people doing that style, Spirit Rock, Dharma style, and they'll say everything's impermanent. But is everything impermanent? How many people think everything's impermanent? Okay. Oh, now I'm having a good day. No one raised their hand. Huh? <laughs> you know, impermanent is a relative truth for starters. Yeah. Okay. So I know I know things are chaotic, but we're we're. You know, drawing our attention to, the Lama's drawing your attention to, just for a second, notice that the sky isn't falling, okay? There's something that isn't moving. You're just sitting here for starters, right? So that's, you know, that goes all the way up, you know, all the way up to Dzogchen too. Don't think like, well, we're doing just you know, starter stuff and we're going to have to get rid of this later. No, like, not moving mind doesn't mean static. It means you're not wobbly, right? No doubts. So it just just that intention, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be noticing what what isn't moving for 12 minutes. Can we do it? Why not? You know. It's like <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> You know, mindfulness is part of Vajana too. So sometimes people say mindfulness is like, it's not owned by <laughs> anybody, that's important. Also, you know, mindfulness, uh, you know, Drenpa is like essential in Mahamudra and Dzogchen, because if you can't remember what you're doing, right? So uh, I wanted to read a poem by um, Nurshal Kenrib Shea Uh, He was an incredible Dzogchenpa, um, and uh, he gave uh, basically the talk um, uh, in San Jose uh, when the Dalai Lama gave uh, uh, also a Dzogchen talk and uh, uh, Guru Rinpoche initiations. I was really fortunate to be there. It was huge in San Jose. You know, we didn't know how big a deal it was then, you know, because how many times are you going to get the eight manifestations of Guru from Dalai Lama and talked by Noshal Ken, you know, so back then you're thinking well, that's interesting, he picked Noshal Ken, so uh, this incredible teacher, I just got to read the poem um, from the Rigpa calendar Homage to the naturally arising king-like mindfulness. I am the mirror of mindfulness, clearly revealing carefulness and mindfulness Look, my Vajra friends Seeing me, mindfulness is supported Pray now to the three jewels, inseparable from the Lama Guru. Undistractedly, look into the essence of mind. Mindfulness is the root of the Dharma. Mindfulness is the path's main practice. Mindfulness is a fortress for the mind. Mindfulness is an aid to the wisdom of self-knowing Rigpa. Mindfulness is a support for Mahamudra Dzogchen and Majimaka. Lacking mindfulness, we're overcome by negative forces. Lacking mindfulness, we're beset by laziness. Lacking mindfulness, we commit every wrong. Lacking mindfulness, we fail to accomplish our aims. Mindlessness is like a pile of shit. Mindlessness is like fishing on dry land. Mindlessness is like a heartless corpse. Make your mindfulness secure, my friends. Through the heartfelt intentions of the precious teachers, may we come now to recognize our own true mindfulness. This request, a spur to remember mindfulness, was offered to friends who possessed the eyes of Dharma by the terrible monk called Jamyang Dorje, who is really just a buck tooth ox, Sarvamangalam. <laughs> no, she'll get in that little big teeth. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Maybe we'll print that up. So, Okay, let's do medication. This has been a Lion's Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.